Howdy, Riffers. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 64 of the Riffs or Die podcast for Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. On this episode, I've got an interview with Mr. Sean Killian, the lead singer of Violence, a classic Bay Area thrash metal band. They've got a new EP that's coming out on Metal Blade Records on Friday, March 4th. It's called Let the World Burn. Violence just released a brand new music video yesterday for that track entitled Let the World Burn. It's really, really cool. Go check it out. It's on YouTube. I'll have a link to that in the description below and a link to pre-order their new record that comes out next month. Before we dive into the interview, please don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. If it's on YouTube, give that thing a thumbs up and smash the like button, as the kids say these days. And if you find yourself so intrigued by this show, make sure you go to riffsordie.com, pick up some merch, and then go to patreon.com slash riffsordie if you want to subscribe and support the show financially beyond buying merch. If you go to Patreon, you'll have access to discounts. You'll get early access to podcasts. There's some bonus content on there as well. And you also have the opportunity to hang out in real time once a month with live Zoom hangouts. So if any of that sounds appealing, go to patreon.com slash riffs or die. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, feel free to write an email to me. It's podcast at riffsordie.com. Oh yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning too that also I produced a track of a violence cover. Psychosomatic did a cover of Serial Killer on their last record, The Invisible Prison. So I'll also leave a link to that cover song in the description as well. This interview with Sean was a real pleasure. had a really good time talking with him about what's new with violence and diving back into history about some of their older songs, how they go about writing the material. Talking about the new band members, including Bobby Gustafson from Overkill and Christian Old Walbers from Fear Factory fame. And we dive into some current events and world history. So enjoy this episode. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sean Killian. Have not seen you guys or spoken with any of you since the Bluebird in December when we played with you guys in 2019. The Cruise. Oh, that's right. That was, yeah, that cruise was a couple weeks after we played in Denver. Yeah, yeah. Good times. What's funny is we got called like two weeks before that cruise. That's a good last minute gig. I know, totally. (laughs) Like, yeah, what a cruise ship. (laughs) Tomorrow you're homeless, tonight it's a blast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys have a new EP coming out here. Yeah. March 4th. Really stoked about it, too. It's called Let the World Burn. Yeah. It's five new tracks? Five new tracks, yeah. All new. I think our video is going to be coming out for Let the World Burn, the song, uh, either Monday or Tuesday. Awesome. Yeah, we did a whole green screen thing, and it looks pretty cool. Rad. Yeah, I've listened to the two songs you guys have released so far, Let the World Burn and Flesh from Bone. I wanted to ask you about the lyrics in Flesh from Bone because, well, first off, the music is very sick. It reminds me of classic violence from right back on. in the day. It's awesome. Uh, but there's a line in there where you sing, impale every man, then move in on the young. The young uh, shall suffer. Is that what it says on the video? Because it's impale every man, woman, and, and all the young. 
Ah, oh, okay. Impale every man, women, and then the young. Sorry, I, I was uh, I was not referencing uh, a lyric video. I was just going from what I could hear. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what it said. Impale every man, woman, and all the young. And the young shall suffer. Now, what is that song about? What do you mean? So that's kind of like uh, when I wrote that song, you know, I was uh, really kind of studying about, you know, up on Vlad the Impaler and, and watching some uh, documentaries on him and stuff. And it was just kind of that era of like, if you took what humanity's been through in time, you know, so you have today, everyone's like, uh, so, I mean, our society's turned weak, you know, the world has, and well, obviously some places are not weak, they're dealing with tyrannical shit, but so if you took all these people and put them in a box and sent them back to the 1400s, I mean, how long would they last? And this is what humanity's kind of been through. And what you think is uh, tragic today is nothing. If someone doesn't use your pronoun, you freak out. Well, back then you'd have been impaled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, life was a lot harder a few hundred years ago than it is today. Yeah. We're so spoiled, rotten. We eat better than most kings, emperors, czars throughout all time. Yeah, totally. Actually, I read one story that Vlad had a guy taking care of his house or his cook or something, and he came to work all disheveled looking, you know, and kind of filthy. And so uh, he's, he blamed his wife for that. So Vlad sent his soldiers to the guy's house and they impaled his wife. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a little, little much. Yeah. But, you know, the, the consequences for simple things being way out of whack and way out of order with the problem seems to be something that we're returning to nowadays, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some extremism going on for sure right now. <laughs> What's funny is, that, you know, we got contacted by the uh, – because we were supposed to go to Australia, you know, with Sacred Reich, and uh, it got canceled. But then, uh, you know, they keep hoping – that they could keep it alive. And it's just like, they emailed us the other day and I had, I just responded and say, well, you know, when your country opens up completely fully with no mandates, then, then we'll talk about rescheduling because I can't see myself going there. I don't care if you're vaxxed or whatever, if you're going, I mean, why would you go to a place that's so tyrannical right now where they have cancer for people? It's like, I want no part of that, you know? And I feel sad for those people there too, but it's like, I'd love to play Australia, but not in its current environment. Yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. I wouldn't want to go to a place, just to be honest with you, the way that I perceive Australia these days uh, with the news and things I hear from friends, it doesn't seem like a safe place to be, to be quite honest. No, not at all. I, I wouldn't think so. I forget the one guy's name. He's got the beard and stuff. He's always on the street there. Those cops, they have... Like, you're a peasant. They do whatever the government's telling them to do, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. It doesn't really matter to them. And they're so emotionless about it. And some of those videos I watch, it's like, my God, what is wrong with this person? You know? The classic line rings to mind. I was just following orders. Yeah, yeah. One that's been used in his, through his. Just following orders. Now, you guys released a cover song in 2020 was it yeah july or something california uber alice why mm -hmm. why did you guys choose to cover that song so we were gonna play that song live in oakland we had our show in oakland booked and uh 
when everything closed, uh, it, we started writing, you know, the record. And I, we got through Flesh from Bone and Screaming Always, and then we thought, well, let's do something so we can record something and throw something out on YouTube and so, you know, people see that we're active and we're doing stuff. But, you know, when we, uh, when we do cover songs, we usually do punk songs. So, you know, like when we played in Brooklyn in 2019, I think that was in November or October, we played, uh, you know, Living in the City classic song for that Brooklyn area. Of course. So when we played here, it was like, okay, well, California Uber Alice, you know, so if we play cover songs, it's usually themed about where we're playing and where, and where we're going. But, <laughs> and then the video, we did it in Phil's bar because it was close. He couldn't open. So um, we went in there and filmed there. My son's actually in one of the white suits too. And <laughs> yeah, we just had fun with it. We recorded that in our rehearsal studio. Christian brought up his Pro Tools. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And then he took it home, dude. He, he, he did all the production work on it, mixed it. And yeah, he did, he's great with Pro Tools. Christian wow. Like, yeah, he's really good. So Christian, uh, who's now playing bass in, in the band, he's the one mm -hmm. that did the mix on that? Yeah, yeah, he did. Wow. He did a great job with it. Oh, dude, he's, he's really good. I, I think he's done some other bands, too, in his house. You know, he, when he lived in Venice, he's in Dallas, outside of Dallas now. But when he lived in Venice Beach, yeah, he did a couple records there just in his house. And how's that working out with the new guys, with Christian on bass and uh, Bobby on guitar? Uh, you know what? It's great. Uh, so Bobby, well, when Phil and I talked about writing and recording, you know, Phil wanted that muted, down-picking kind of guitar player. And Bobby and Perry have been friends for a long time, stayed in contact. So, um it's something Perry was always wanted to have Bobby in the band with him. And, um, and so, you know, when it came time to, to make that decision, it was like, well, it's not about his ability. Just, to, you know, <laughs> it's about him, the person, you know, does he fit into the room with us? And so, you know, we flew him out we did a practice. It was like, yeah, let's do this. And, and then Christian, um, you know, Dean couldn't, he couldn't commit the time, you know, he needed that the band needed of him and, you know, some like I said, some of those shows were popping up spontaneously, and he just couldn't do it. You know, and so when we decided on a bass player, well, Phil, when he was in Machine Head, I guess they toured with Fear Factory, and he got to know Christian really well. And you know, Christian's been a Violence fan since he lived back in Belgium, and uh, he he was he grew up on impressing the masses. So I love that record. <laughs> yeah, dropped a call on him, and uh, he was like, "Oh hell yeah!" So you know, he came up, and and it's the same thing. You know, it's like. You don't question the man's ability. It's just, does he fit in the room with us? And he, he fits in great. So when we do stuff like, you know, yeah, it is when you record a video, there's a lot of downtime where you're just sitting around. Yeah. You, know, you do your part. And so it's like, we're all just hanging out in the studio. We, we didn't go anywhere. We just hung out and had bullshitted and drank a few beers. And so it, it's, that's, those are the moments that matter, right? Yeah. It's the small things that really count. Yeah. The big stuff will work itself out somehow. <laughs> the yeah. small things add up yeah. to a lot. And you're in a room together. It's like it's you're inside all day, and it's like you have to get along. <laughs> yeah, it's super important. So it's, it makes it excellent when you don't have to try to get along. That's the cool part about you know having those two guys in the band. Yeah, 100%. That's really cool that you guys could find some dudes that you already knew and were comfortable with that are also killer musicians. Obviously, yeah. Bobby Gustafson in uh overkill he wrote a lot of really sick riffs so what's what about this new ep did he do any of the writing 
No, this is uh, Phil and, and Perry and I in, a, in our rehearsal studio just pounding out, you know, riffs and putting them together and making songs. And so Phil, uh, he'd bring in the riffs and we'd work on assembling them together. So some of the changes, some of the riffs, like he have two riffs that we turned into one. And that's the uh, Let the World Burn intro riff. Mm-hmm. And just stuff changes and progressions from this riff to that riff. And is this a chorus? Is that a bridge? What do we do here? What do we do there? So it's kind of just the two of us, Phil and I. And you know, we had Perry in there. We were driving him crazy because we kept changed. Once he would get something figured out, we'd change it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yes. And we have another song pretty much written. I got to go in the studio with Juan and do some demo tracking maybe next week or something. But we keep chugging along. Awesome. So the new EP is not even out and you're already working on new tunes? Yeah, it's like a continuous thing for us. It's, it feels like a riff machine. So if he's got a riff and he's, he puts it down on, and records it on our Pro Tools and sends it to me, and that's how we kind of work is we get the riffs and we, then I write lyrics over the top of them and we'll make some adjustments on how many bars we go on this one and stuff like that. But or, or I'll ask him to change this one little part because it's like I want to put vocals there and it's kind of stepping on the vocals. and Sure. So that's kind of how we work. And then once I get this demo song, the lyrics down, you know, the vocals down, send it over to Christian in Dallas. And, and then he'll do his magic with his bass and he'll add some basic drum tracks to it and stuff like that. So that's kind of how we've been working lately. Killer. Sounds yeah. like a pretty streamlined way to do it. And it makes sense that the riffage is all Phil because it really does sound like classic violence. Yeah. It's a violence. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I, there's, it's like something with the two of us. We just make what sounds like violence, which doesn't sound like anything else. No, it really doesn't. The riffing that Phil's been writing for the violent stuff does not sound like the other bands that he's been in. No, no. And you know, he pushes himself when it comes to violent songs. You know, he's not like, Oh, this riff's kind of cool. No, it's like, if you listen to those riffs, they're pretty technical and hard to play. And So his attitude going into this EP was that's what he wanted to do. Because, you know, what's funny is when we got back together to do that reunion show, <laughs> he and I both were kicking ourselves in the ass. For, why did I put so many fucking words here? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, why did I make this riff so hard to play? And Christian really had a hard time with the mentally afflicted, you know, that intro riff. Yeah. The bass riff. Yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> oh, you wrote it. Yeah, he saw. Whoever let a singer write a fucking song? Because <laughs> he was having such, it's such a finger twister, you know, it like ties your fingers up in knots. So do you play and, instruments? Yeah, I have a couple guitars and a, and a bass guitar. And, I, you know, my son, he's 18 now. So he, when he's home, he fucks around with it. With You know, when he and his buddies are playing Xbox, I hear the guitar get picked up. <laughs> right on. That's cool. I didn't know you played. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a shredder or anything, but I can put sounds together. Yeah, that, I think that's super helpful when you're working with a guitar player to construct an entire piece of music. Yeah, yeah, it does help. It really does help. So Phil's not like all by himself trying to uh, put that together, and, and usually it's the two of us together face to face. You know, when we're when we're like that, we're able to feed, throw ideas back and forth really quick. And he's such a great guitar player. It's like. I don't show him a riff or anything. I just hum it, you know, and then he hears the notes and he goes after it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it works really good. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super sick. Uh, you guys have had some lyrics throughout the entire span of, of violence. 
that can be very applied to today's circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that comes to mind is oppressing the masses. You guys have that record, the song. There seems to be a trend toward that direction of oppressing the masses. Yeah. Well, you know, I wrote that those lyrics. Uh, it was like the Tiananmen Square was going on at the time. And the thing is, is that you could write those lyrics, you know, thousands of years ago and still be relevant today because, you know, tyrants are still going to be tyrants and they're going to try to do what they're going to try to do when, you know, they'll figure it out one way or the other. And so pressing the masses, it applies today. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'd love to go to like Australia, but I can't have a song that's called the pressing the masses and then go to a place that's so oppressive, you know? Sure. It doesn't work. For sure. In uh, Havoc, we played in China one time. We had one show that we played in Beijing, and I was really <laughs> a little freaked out about playing songs like Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death. I was like, wow. uh, are the cops going to show up and <laughs> like arrest me for this? Yeah. It'd be the military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I-, I was a little sketched out like, I'm going to do it and we'll see what happens. No, nothing happened. It was all good, but I was definitely a little sketched out. Was it just you guys or was it like a tour? Or? Well, we were touring Asia and we had one show in China and it wow. was some, some local bands and us in Beijing. Wow. That's it. I'll never forget the air was the color of a sidewalk. Wow. You know, LA used to be like that. It's cleaned up a lot. Yeah. With uh lockdowns. That'll clean up the air yeah. a little bit. <laughs> oh, we went back because we recorded Eternal Nightmare a bit there, you know, and in, in L.A. And I remember it just being like this basin of smog. And, uh, you know, it's I, I've been there because my girlfriend lives down there. So I go down there all the time. So I, I can really tell the difference nowadays. It's kind of trippy. But, yeah, China, it's like, hey, let's have the Olympics there. <laughs> you guys could breathe what we uh, produce here. When, when did you go there? We were there in early 2014. Okay. Yeah. Quite wow. a while ago. I, I like how at the Olympics, they've got the uh, the giant hill, you know, for the skiers and snowboarders to go down right next to a giant nuclear power plant. Awesome. <laughs> you can see those big, like, Simpsons-style smokestacks right nice. behind the big uh, hill. That's awesome. <laughs> It's very China. That's classic. <laughs> Is Mr. Burns there? <laughs> Is somebody like Mr. Burns? I'm sure is there. So what's the plan after the EP comes out? Are you guys going to be doing any shows, any touring? Yeah, we have some uh, shows lined up uh, in May right now, and we're trying to reschedule a couple shows in April, the Portland and, and Seattle shows we have booked when I got COVID and couldn't make it, but we're doing this hemp fest in Turlock. We don't know who the headliner is yet, but um, it's supposed to be someone pretty big because, you know, they won't tell the agent. They won't tell us nothing. And then the next weekend, and that's in May, what is that May 14th or something maybe? And then we go to, um, to Austin for the Oblivion Access Festival. And then from there, we hook up with uh, Corner on the 21st and Reggie's in Chicago. And then we do Boston, Brooklyn, Philly, and the Maryland Death Fest. 
So rad. Yeah, I'm considering going to Maryland Death Fest largely because of Coroner. I've never seen that band. Been a fan for a long time. Oh, really? They hardly ever play in the U.S. You know, it's a rare occasion that they do. Yeah. Well, yeah, and our agent, you know, he contacted me about it. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, you know. It's like, so then, uh, yeah, because we're not like a big touring band where we're going to go out and do 40-something shows. So it's like they only want to do a few shows. Like, oh, this is perfect, you know. So uh, we hooked up with them. You should come to one of the club shows. Yeah, I love Reggie's. That's one of my favorite yeah. venues in the country. Yeah, that's cool. It's really cool. And they treat you right there. Yeah, they treat the bands like bands should be treated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you show up there to make them a bunch of money. So yeah. I really appreciate that they, they do it right with the bands. You hung out in the little apartment upstairs? I've not been to the apartment upstairs, but we've definitely slept in the green room down there. Maybe the okay. apartment is new because they used to have a record store up there. Yeah, I think that's what the guy said. Well, I guess what when we first booked that show that we played last year, we were supposed to be there in 2020, but anyway, they at the time, they owned two condos, I guess, next door to the club, and mm-hmm. then with COVID, they had to sell them. So I guess they converted upstairs from a record store to an apartment. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah, I've never seen that. I haven't been yeah. to Reggie's in quite a while. Yeah, so if you go play there, you'll, they'll have that room for you, and it's, it's really cool. Rad. Yeah, I love that venue, man. Good food, good people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they fed us great. Yeah, it was cool. And Chicago goes nuts. I love playing Chicago. Yeah, Shane's the guy that uh, runs it. Yeah, really cool dude. And then his stage manager's named Shane also. (laughs) Shane Squared. Yeah, it was like, so I thought that dude was the dude I'd been emailed corresponding with, you know, setting up the show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but it wasn't but that dude was on top of his game which was cool yeah reggie's kills it the sound yeah. is good the venue is cool they feed you they have a merch store they've got the apartment upstairs for the bands they got a good green room yeah. downstairs for the bands there's another music venue on the restaurant bar side that place dude, it, is gold yeah they had a was it a motorhead band might have been a motorhead band and uh they were on till like three in the morning or four in the morning or some shit. Rad. We came because I slept in the apartment upstairs. We came downstairs, man. There's fucking guys that were security guards and shit. There's it's like six a.m. They're sitting at the bar still drinking beer, <laughs> like they never went to bed. Yeah, Reggie's is that kind of a place. Yeah, very rock and roll. Yeah, so they were doing the Boston, and you know I can't wait for the you know because we haven't been on the East Coast in a long time. I mean, we we did Brooklyn, but not Boston and Philly and those other places that we wanted to play. Right. I'm hoping. Try to get down to Florida. Of course. Yeah, I'm really glad that places like Reggie's survived this, uh, you know, attempt at, at killing them. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people didn't. No, uh, tons, tons of venues did not survive. I'm really glad that Reggie's did. You know, Phil went through it, dude, because his bar was closed and it's just a bar. And so when they said, oh, well, we can open if you serve food, he was just like, well, what the fuck do you mean? What's the difference between having a hot dog next to your drink or not but they wouldn't let him open and so then he hooked up with some catering company and they uh, would serve burgers out in the back out of a catering truck or something and that allowed him to open yeah <laughs> so insane it, so much of this stuff that we're observing is completely anti-science it's completely anti-common sense it's completely illogical yeah none of it makes a lot of sense I, I like to call it COVID logic because it makes a lot of sense if you don't think about it. 
Well, the thing too is that you know I go to the supermarket. I don't, I don't put my mask on. I have it in my pocket. You know, someone came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, this is, if it's a small business or something, I get it. Okay, I don't want them to get in trouble." But I walk into Rayleigh's without my mask. I don't get shits. Target, whatever. And I just walk around thinking to myself, if you, all you people just stopped doing this, it would end. Sure. Look at a place like Texas or Florida. They they don't wear yep. masks everywhere, and uh, they have better case better case and death numbers than california yeah. and it's like hey if you want to wear a mask go right ahead of course but do me a favor don't try to tell me i have to it's like because it prove that it works show me that it works here's the thing i think it's got to do a little bit of something but with how small viral particles are there's no way it's it's stopping that stuff it's coming right out of the sides and the top and the bottom but uh it, it's got to do a little bit of something like if you spit it's going to catch it but I relate it to this with a face mask. It's not very different from like if you pissed your pants while you're wearing underwear and pants. The piss is still going to come yeah. out. It's just it didn't go yeah. everywhere because you're wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's still going to be pee on the yeah. ground, you know, at the end of yeah, this. <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, I work in construction, right? We had a OSHA site and they had a hygienist with them. And this dude was spraying water-based paint. With the same mask you see people wearing. And the lady, the hygienist, told him, hey, uh, have you been fitted for that mask? And they're looking at her like, well, what do you mean? It's just a mask. I bought it at Home Depot. And she's like, you don't understand. You've got facial hair. You cannot spray paint, water-based paint, and the particulates are a lot bigger than a virus. <laughs> With that mask. Yes, a lot bigger. You know, it just doesn't work. He had to shave his machismo off. <laughs> 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 Yeah, and they came back to check, you know, a couple of days later, they came back to see that he shaved and that his mask was sealed and, you know, he wasn't breathing in water-based paint. Uh, God forbid somebody does something to hurt themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's super wild, and I know that you're kind of on the same freedom-based train of thought that I am, and it's really just about what you said. Do whatever you want, just don't tell me what I have to do. Because that's yeah. where we have a big problem. If you want uh -huh. to do that, knock yourself out. Have fun. And dude, with my liver transplant, I had to take shit tons of vaccines, you know, tons of them, before they would operate on me. Because, you know, I'm on immune suppressant drugs. And so they didn't want something like shingles going haywire on me because I had chicken pox when I was a kid. And so, yeah, I took all these vaccines before my surgery. And But, you know, the thing with this one is it's like, one, it hits... It got to the public too fast, too. It's like, show me that it works because you haven't done that yet. In fact, we've seen the opposite. Anyone with half of a brain cell can figure that one yep. out. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of people. It's, it's crazy how many people watch the news and go, oh, yeah, what they say. <laughs> it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Don't you know how to read? And, and the worst part about society today is that a lot of them, it's like they read the headline and they think they know, they know the whole fucking story. Yep. Except it for a reason. Yeah, 100%. And this is stuff that I write music, I, I write songs about a lot of this stuff. And it's weird how prophetic a lot of the lyrics that I wrote turned out to be. Because I was writing about psychological operations and cover-ups and uh, manipulating data and mind control and brainwashing. And all of this stuff is super relevant. It is. It's unfortunate. It is. And it's, and it's been relevant for a long time. It's just never been this blaring. Yeah. People don't want to believe. That's the thing. They just want to 
oh, is that going to cause me stress? And I'm going to, you know, I just want to go to get my Starbucks. I want to go to work. I want to come home and watch Game of Thrones or whatever the fuck else they watch because I don't watch TV much unless it's movies or something like that. But it's just like they're willing to go through this just so that they can continue to have their convenience. And it's like, man, really? And I think, too, that's what, like, uh, you know, Let the World Burn and Flesh from Bone, those songs are kind of about. It's like your convenience is useless in the time of oppression. You know, you, you have your convenience now, but these are steps that these tyrants take. This is not like an action. This is a step-by-step process. And that psyop thing, they're manipulating you psychologically. And because of your fear, they're able to do it. Fear is the number one way you can manipulate somebody's yeah. mental state. Yeah, and you got all these musicians and everyone all, all and it's just like, are you kidding me? You, didn't you write a fucking song like five years ago? <laughs> Old Fly or whoever, <laughs> you know? There's a ton of bands that I'm just, to be honest, like pretty disgusted by what they're saying today versus what they've said for years or sometimes even decades. They've been talking about anti-establishment, don't trust the man, yeah. you know, fuck big pharma, fuck big business, fuck big oil, fuck wars, fuck politicians. But then they're the first ones to be the cheerleaders for a big business in hand with big government uh, product. Yeah. There is a name for it when big government and big business get together. It's called fascism. Yeah. And these people are all talking about anti-fascist, you know, Antifa. I call them Antifa-fa because they're anti-fascist fascists. Yeah. Because um, they support fascist ideology. They just like to claim that they're against Nazism. And, you know, fascism doesn't always come with brown shirts and a red armband and jackboots. No. No. Fascism is when the government and these big corporations get together to make decisions and policy that affects everybody. That's exactly what we're witnessing right now. You have all these bands that preached about this stuff for decades in some instances, and uh, and now they've done a full 180. Just bend over, take it, kiss the ring, bend the knee. It's disgusting. It's really, really grotesque. I can't believe that these people are this ballless. That's the part that impacts me the most, is that I look around and think to myself, is this how easily people are manipulated? This is like a simple manipulation. This isn't, I mean... This, this isn't deep, deep stuff. This is simple to see. And right. <laughs> it because you choose not to see it or, or because it will interrupt your convenience. And it's just like, sorry, I mean, that's kind of weak. We're too comfortable. Yeah. A lot of people are too comfortable. Yeah. And so that's why Flesh from Bone, I was just like, man, when I wrote that song, all I could think about was, man, I wish you could just stop history right now, grab the 14th century, bring it up here, plug it in, <laughs> and go, okay, everybody. This is your new reality. <laughs> Here's some real struggle. Yeah. Here's your new reality. Enjoy. Yeah. People wouldn't be able to hang. I'm going to be up here in my t- watchtower <laughs> being entertained. Yeah. People wouldn't be able to do it. Oh, you probably lose 70% of society, but 60%. Probably. Yeah. Let's be honest. A bunch of us don't know how to grow our own food, how, how to harvest things or how to Uh, You know, harvest water, hunt, fish, build a house from scratch, uh, make a fire. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Like if you, if you just (laughs) left us in the woods with, with no tools. Yeah. I, yeah. Good luck. They watch Survivor. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, you can learn some good tricks from certain shows like that, or there's another one called Alone, where they drop these people off all by themselves in the wilderness and just, yeah, you, you get to bring five or 10 things with you and figure it out. Yeah. See how long you can go. Could you imagine that big scale? <laughs> I, I I can't. I mean, I, I as a mental exercise, yes, but like in reality, I I can't imagine something like that happening. <laughs> It'd be like the Holy Grail where they're stacking piles of mud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I I can't see it happening. Just people are too comfortable, and yeah. everyone wants to be taken care of by Big Daddy government. Yeah. At this point, you know, people are literally pretty much begging for the chains of their own enslavement. Yeah. And, you know, you could go on forever. I mean, there's so many things that, that people are so, not even the COVID or the government or whatever. It's like people are think that I'm doing good because I bought a Tesla. It's like, well, what the fuck made the electricity to charge that Tesla? And where, where'd the lithium come from for those batteries? And Don't think about that. No. It, it feels a lot better when I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just it's like it's not just about the current situation with the COVID and all that. It's like you could cite endlessly, endless subjects that you know people are manipulated into believing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, and that's why a lot of songs that uh, um, like I had written, you had written way back in the day, years ago, uh, are a- applicable now because this same stuff has been happening. It it seems to be human nature, which is unfortunate, but. I guess it's more of a society structural nature yeah. than human because not everybody wants to rule over people and be a dictator. Not everybody wants to be a tyrant, but when you get large systems of people together, it seems like there are people that want that. Yeah. Well, wh- who was it? Was it Pol Pot that was like a doctor? Or I know Pol Pot wanted to execute all of the intellectuals. Even if you wore glasses, you were killed because you were considered an intellectual. Yeah. Was it him that was the doc? He was a doctor, I thought. And then, and then he got into power somehow. Uh, I want to say it was Pol Pot. I can't remember, but it's one of those tyrants. You know, they weren't even, like you said, they weren't even, they were just in the situation. It was like, oh, I can rule. And then they, I think he got elected in and then he just took over everything and became a tyrant with the power. Like the power changed him into this yep. murderer. Yeah. That, that's, and the, here's the thing with, with shit like Pol Pot, Stalin, Hitler, Mao Zedong, Idi Amin, like all of these tyrants, all these dictators, they didn't happen that long ago. All these people from like the the 1900s, this shit did not happen long ago. World War II, the Holocaust was not even a hundred years ago. So people are completely out of touch with reality, in my opinion, when they say, oh, that could never happen again. Ah, you know, that was in the past. Like, there's a lot of the same exact kind of shit winding up to be pitched right now. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't get it, man. That perspective, though, is lost on a lot of people that this stuff happened pretty recently and, and it could easily happen again. Like you mentioned, Australia, they got the camps that they're throwing people into for having a positive PCR test that hardly proves anything. Yeah. In fact, the inventor of the PCR test, Kerry Mullis, even said this should not be used for diagnosis because if you're looking for anything, you're going to find it. Yeah. And, and didn't he die in like. He died right before all this stuff started happening. Whiz. <laughs> yeah. What are the odds? Yeah. 
You know, he, he may have died from natural causes. I don't know. It's unfortunate timing. There's a lot of people that yeah. I wish were still here. I wish Zappa was still here. I wish George Carlin was still here. Jim Morrison, dude. Fuck. Jim Morrison. Yep. He knew what was going on. Yeah. Prince, Michael Jackson, those people knew what was going on too. <laughs> yeah. Wild time. But, you know, those people are not here. So it's up to yeah. other people, other artists to say something. And like you, I'm disgusted by some of the artists that are peddling the lies and instigating fear and instigating powerlessness in people. There are, on the other hand, people like you and I who are trying to lionize people and make them critically think and uh, push for a more free society. Yeah. And you know, it's not like I'm a revolutionary or ever been. I just observe what the fuck's going on. It's like, I'm not stupid. And it's like, I'm not going to sit here and accept what's told to me. I'm going to go look and see, okay, is this true? And look at some peer-reviewed articles. And I mean, and all these people went to college. They know all about that, you know, citing your sources and everything. And they just accept what's told to them. And that's the part that drives me nuts. And it's just like, the information's out there. This is probably one of the most researched viruses and slash vaccines in history. There's information out there. And then, of course, the... Uh, the Marxists, oh, well, that's misinformation. You know, then they start labeling. When these scumbag governments start labeling, then you know there's something that scares them there. Yeah. They don't want out. So they're going to put a label. And that's what they're famous for is labeling people, labeling uh, groups and labeling. Like they change the freaking definitions of vaccine and they change the definitions to whatever they want it to be, you know. Yeah, they changed the definition of pandemic in 2009 as well. Yeah. They made it something where it, you don't have a lot of illness and death, but you have a lot of cases of a new disease. And that was uh, 10 years before the Rona came around. So yeah, it's a long game that, that like you're talking about Marxists, and there are people that are genuinely thinking that. They might not call themselves that, but uh, the people that believe in Marxism – I don't think are too bright. They're not thinking very far into the future, but the people that are orchestrating Marxist ideologies and, and pushing them hard that are really pulling the strings. Those people are not stupid. They know what they're doing and they're playing the long game. They're not in a rush to do this. They don't care if it takes a hundred years, as long as they keep chipping away at it, they're okay with that. Yeah. Pol Pot was a teacher. I just pulled it up. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was driving me nuts. (laughs) But, yeah, Pol Pot, fucking total maniac, psychopath. Oh, yeah, dude, they killed, fuck, what, two million people, it says? Yeah, and that lasted all the way up until, what, the 70s, right? 78. 78. That was very recent for genocide to be happening, where they were putting, literally putting people's heads inside of head crushers yeah. with a little crank on it, you know, so that you could just little by little, centimeter, millimeter by millimeter, start crushing someone's skull to torture them to death. This was happening in the 70s, and people <laughs> are acting like there's no way this could happen in modern times. Yeah. Don't be so sure, people. And you just said that you're not a revolutionary or anything, but here's the thing. If you can infiltrate someone's mode of thinking with a song, that really is going to change the world. That can have a snowball effect. And I think you can make a better point in three minutes with a song than you can in three hours of debating or lecturing someone. Yeah. So uh, don't give yourself a little more credit than that. You know, you saying <laughs> something does a lot more than you having these ideas and then keeping them to yourself. Yeah. 
Well, and the cool thing is, is like when you're writing lyrics, you're just you're taking these big topics and trying to compress them into, like you said, three minutes of a of a song or four minutes or five minutes of a song. You know, mm-hmm. your lyrics you got to be good at, you know, doing that and to get your message across. I watch a lot of the metal today, and it's just like they're chasing this sound and they want to be hip, and it's just like, well, I never knew metal to be hip. I, I always known metal would be like this unhip <laughs> societal like. A wart on society, you know, yeah. because we're so we're so nonconformist. <laughs> you know, metal and punk, and you know, metal deriving from punk, and and look at it today. Now it's uh, very conformist with a lot of the people that subscribe to that lifestyle. Yeah, it's access. They they want access. You took away their access, so they went and did what you told them, so they can get their access back. And yeah, as if. A, it was going to work, or B, they were going to stop if you did what they said. Yeah. I say this all the time to people. You're never going to comply your way out of tyranny. That's not how this works. No, no, no. Do you think that, and I'm going to bring up this subject that everyone says you're not allowed to, but just as an example of very excessive tyranny, do you think that Jews that ran into the, the train carts the first the first into the train cart, do you think those people that willingly did it got special treatment and just like didn't get executed? No. Not at all. You don't comply your way out of tyranny. That's not how this works. It's never worked like that. It's never going to work like that. So all the people that, you know, drank the Kool-Aid and just said, do what they say and they'll stop pushing on us. Yeah. I don't know where you're getting this kind of idea, but that's, that's not the way the world works. No, it, it, when you're in that situation, it's like being cornered by some punk and you have come to the point where you realize you have to fight your way out of this and you're stuck. But the only way out is to fight your way out it, because anything less, you're just going to get whatever this individual decides or group decides to do to you. And you have no power unless you stand up for yourself and fight back. And it's, it's that, you know, if you had room to run, flight or fight you know you run or you fight but you don't comply (laughs) right yeah you're absolutely right about that yeah yeah someone's trying to steal your purse you either run away or you fight them or you lose your purse yeah (laughs) it's the same thing with freedom yeah if you're trying to safeguard your freedom you either (laughs) either move to somewhere else that's got more freedom or you defend your freedom and fight for it or you lose it. Yeah. That's it. That is really it. And I, I'm super glad that there's people out there like yourself in the metal world that don't mind sharing their thoughts on this because I think it's a rare sight to see. But, you know, someone that's liberty minded and genuinely cares about the freedom of not just your yourself. A lot of people on that love their tyranny and their servitude and love being subjugated would say that you are selfish for wanting liberty, but it's not that I, I know I can speak for myself and I'm pretty sure you would agree that we're not interested in this for ourselves. We're interested in maximizing and expanding freedom for everyone. Yeah. For everyone around the world and, and my kids, their future. A hundred percent, man. I can't, yeah. I can't begin to describe how, angry it makes me all of the psychological mental emotional damage they've done to children 
these kids yeah. that grew up in this, especially young kids that grew up with all this stuff, they're going to be fucked up for the rest of their life. My daughter is 14 mm-hmm. and she wears her mask everywhere. And she doesn't go, I don't have her in public school. So she does uh, online schooling like her brother. He's 18. But yeah, it's like, I can't even discuss anything with her because uh, she's like bought and sold, book, line, and sinker. And so uh, all I can do now is hope to change that this all ends and people's, I mean, we got a big, big date coming up in November and all this changes and we get back to being real and not being controlled by a government that's obviously controlled by globalists. I mean, this is not a U.S. government as far as I can see. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm hoping that she'll grow out of it, right? That things will change enough for her to look and step back and go as she gets older, you know, and so be like, oh man, that was fuck what the fuck just happened to me? <laughs> this is not the way I want to go. I'm gonna to have to change my course, you know. That's what I pray for. Now my son, he's eighteen, he gets it. You know. He doesn't want any vaccines in him, he doesn't want any masks, he doesn't want to do shit. You know, he he just wants to live his life and and for an eighteen year old that's uh He's obviously going against uh, the masses, it appears to me. I mean, he's played hockey all his life, and he like, lived in Canada, and he's in Fresno now. So he spent a lot of time on his own, which is why I put him in there, because I wanted him to do that, to become a man, you know, make his own decisions. And he's not manipulated, that's for sure. Yeah. He's very observant. It's a beautiful thing when some people slip through the cracks of the programming and the yeah. manipulation brainwashing. Because let's be real, especially public school, you're basically going to 12 years of obedience training. Yeah. And that obedience training pays off for the people that are would-be tyrants because then you have adults that'll just bend over and do whatever you say. Whenever you say jump, yeah. they'll jump. Yeah, I don't want my kids going to college. The fuck would I want that? That would be bad. <laughs> Dude, anything that you can learn in college, you can learn in the library yeah. and YouTube. And a lot of these schools have their courses online for free. Yeah. Well, that's what he does. They both do online high school. It's a George, is it George Madison or George Mason high school, online high school. And, you know, they do subject by subject. So they're not loaded up with seven different subjects. And they oh, interesting. Some, yeah. They don't have some teacher to deal with. Because when my son was in elementary school, he did great, you know, up until sixth grade. And he left elementary school. Uh, he was up there scholastically. Mm-hmm. He freaking junior high going to six different classes and having six different teachers telling him what to do. And he just fucking plummeted. He went from the top of the class down to the bottom of the class just because he wasn't compliant like that. Wow. There was no incentive for him because he went to a charter school. So the charter school, they would take kids like my son in math or or English or whatever, and put him at a table with the other kids that were maybe having a hard time. So he was empowered to help them. Because the charter school, all they have to do is meet reading, writing, and arithmetic scores. Okay. And so how in the classroom is based on the program. And so that's part of the program was they would take these kids that got it and put it with other kids that were struggling to get it, and they would help each other. And so they're empowered. And then when he went to junior high, it was like the program machine, <laughs> you know, the, gri- the grinder. Right. He got thrown into the meat grinder and he climbed out. <laughs> I'm just going to fail at this. Like he had music class, right? And he plays the alto. He has an alto sax. <laughs> and so this teacher, I used to call him milk toast. He would, uh, <laughs> he still is milk toast. I mean, 
but I don't have to call him anything anymore because I don't see him. But anyway, he would show the class a song and my son would pick it up, like try three, four, five times and he'd get it. And then that would be it. And they were simple things, you know, simple songs. So then he would get in trouble because he was bored, you know? Yeah. A lot of creative kids uh, that get bored with school get in a lot of trouble in school. Yeah, well, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Dude, I, I didn't do very well in high school. And then uh, <laughs> I had to go to continuation school and the counselor's all, well, to graduate, you know, you have to take math and something else. And so I took him at night school, right? So then I, it's graduation time. I come to him with my night school credits, you know, my my fucking report cards. And he's all, oh, you took math. You were supposed to take English. And I was like, oh, no. Math. Yeah. And I'm like, you fucking said math. And, you know, and he's like, oh, no, it's English. You need your English credit. So I went back to the night school teacher, dude. And I was like, you're not going to believe what happened. This counselor down there told me I had to take math. And now he's telling me, no, not math, English. Like he made a mistake. So now I don't get to graduate. And he's all, what do you need? I'm all, I need these math credits to be English credits. So he fucking changed it. <laughs> So I, that's awesome. And so I guess I'm walking, I've graduated. I gave him the shit. And he's like, looked at me like, and guess what? I still apply those tactics today. <laughs> so that was your teacher that changed the, the credit. The night, yeah. The night school teacher. Wow. What a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. I think he was like a teacher somewhere else, but night school wasn't every night. So he would come in and do whatever, make some extra money maybe. But he was like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> It's just fucked up anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is very fucked up, but a lot of people say the system is broken. And in my yeah. opinion, it's not broken. It's working exactly as it was intended to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I was telling someone, man, I don't know. I, I probably won't even retire. Why would I? I don't want to retire in, in my country and watch it just go to hell. I mean, I'd rather be in a country that's already in hell. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't mine. <laughs> <laughs> If you could retire and go somewhere, where would you want to be? Uh, somewhere where it's tropical, that my money would go a long, long way. Somewhere in Central America? Central America, Cancun, you know, some of those areas are nice. I mean, I know Mexico is kind of a hot spot for drug dealers and cartels and shit, but um, I like that. I mean, when I, I've been to Mexico a few times just on vacation. And it's just like you get there and you seem like everything like turns to slow motion where you can actually relax, you know, like no one's in a hurry. I was watching this one guy. He was roofing a little kiosk. He'd go down the ladder, get a tile, go up the ladder, put it on, go down the ladder, get a tile. You know, he wasn't like it here in America where you'd stack 10 tiles on your shoulder and climb the fucking ladder. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the food down there in Mexico is amazing. I love uh, Mexico. And I love seafood, man. We got to go fishing. We caught some yellowtail on, on this trip to Puerto Vallarta. Rad. That was, that was fun, yeah. That's they way cool. We saw a sailfish. And, yeah. Super cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I've only ever been on a, a fishing boat, like legit, in the ocean one time. And I must have ate something weird for breakfast. Because, to be honest, right before we even got on the boat, I was already feeling a little weird in my stomach. And then we got on that boat. and Woo! It was choppy on the water, and oh. everybody except for the girls puked. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't catch anything, unfortunately, but I like fishing. I, I do a lot of lake fishing in Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah, my son and I, we go fishing. We, can, we got the Delta here, and there's a lot of uh, you know, largemouth bass and 
stripers and uh, you know, sturgeon come up the Sacramento River every year with the salmon. So, and there's a lot of mountain lakes, you know, in the Sierras. Oh yeah. It's, I go when we go up there. We went camping at this one reservoir, and it's up pretty high. There's a lot of campers, and no one was catching fish. The guy next to us, oh, it was July. That's why, because it's a trout lake, you know, and they don't like heat. So uh, I had gone on fish sniffer and did all my research. And they said, oh, yeah, if you go to the back corner of the lake, there's the dam, and then there's the um, the gates that release the water. You fish right there because it's like this cliff, two sides of a cliff, and it goes straight down. So the water down at the very bottom is really cold. Yeah. And so we went, my son and I, we went over there with some green uh, power bait and dropped it in there, and we came home with two nice trout, came back to the campsite. And they're like, hey, where'd you go? And I was like, I ain't going to tell you where I went, but I I'll tell you, I use green power bait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You never want to give up the super good fishing spots because then they're going to be blown up. Yeah. Well, that's what they said. You know, at the gates there, the water's hella deep, so it's hella cold. And all those older trout, they they hang out down there. Yeah. Trout's delicious, man. I love cooking trout. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to go fishing sometime. Yeah. You have to let me know if you're in Colorado and I'll do the same with, with Callie. Yeah. Well, we got to play that show again. <laughs> yes, I would love to. Yeah. I got one last question for you. And this is one yeah. that I ask of every guest on here. If you could give one message to future generations, what would you want to tell them? Don't believe the hype. This is in the great words of Flava Flav. Yeah, I would just tell you, don't believe what's told to you. Don't ever believe what's told to you because not even half of it's going to be true. You got to go find out. If you want to know something about something, you got to go find that information yourself and, and make sure uh, what you're reading is, is peer reviewed and not by just some knucklehead talking on YouTube or whatever. But, you know, that's what I learned when I was in college. It is just, I had a research class and the guy was really a hard ass teacher you did anything and you better have your sources and everything's got to be peer reviewed. That's the information you want. You don't want the information that's coming out of some talking head with the long legs, big tits and blonde hair. (laughs) Don't believe the hype. Do your own research and question even the stuff that you believe. I think that's important to reanalyze your own beliefs and, and reassess why do you think certain things? Why do you believe certain things? Question everything, including your own beliefs. Yeah, I've changed my opinion and my views on things as I've grown through life. You start to look at stuff and your different life experiences too. You know, it changes the way maybe you look at a particular subject. Maybe you look at it a little different because of something you experience as you're growing through life. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to change your view, but don't be duped. Yeah, I think changing your opinion based on new evidence is a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't associate with anyone. I just... Pay attention. (laughs) Pay attention, kids. You heard it here first. Thanks a lot for sticking around till the end with me, friends. Much appreciate all of you riffers. Go pre-order that new violence record or bare minimum, check out their new couple of songs that were released, including the new music video that just came out for Let the World Burn. Again, the links to that stuff will be in the description. I'm really excited to hear the rest of those songs and Looking forward to hearing what they do with the new stuff. Don't forget to rate the podcast on whatever platform you're listening. Share it with your friends and family if you dig what you hear. 
and hit up riffsordie.com to pick up some merch. Don't forget patreon.com slash riffsordie if you want to subscribe and support the podcast and get a handful of bonuses thrown in there for you. Shoot me some emails, podcast at riffsordie.com. I look forward to reading them. I've got some other interviews coming up soon with some musicians that I think all you guys are going to want to hear. So keep your peepers open for those. That's it. Don't believe the hype. Try to leave the world a little nicer than the way you found it. We're all going to be okay. I'll talk to you sometime next week. Adios. <laughs>